0: These are uncertain days. There is great concern about security. International situations bring fear to many people's hearts. And for believers, the moral revolution and all of the changes that are occurring in our culture can be quite disconcerting. But it's wonderful to know that our God is immutable. A a sailor was uh, serving in the South Pacific during World War II. You talk about an uncertain time. And that sailor was very much thrown by what was happening in the war. He was heading into the, uh, the battle zone there. And everything that was familiar to him was gone. His way of life, everything. He was living a strange life amongst strangers. And one night he was standing on the deck of the ship and he spotted the big and the little dippers, Scorpio and Gemini. And he realized these were the same constellations he had studied in the blackened sky nights back when he was at home in Ohio. And all of a sudden, as a believer, he felt at home. He was at peace, realizing the same sky was always above him and the same God Was always beside him. And it is the key to being able to navigate properly in these days uh, our lives and to truly know that we have a God that is unchanging. Hebrews 13 8, that wonderful verse we often quote Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. The great preacher C.H. Spurgeon said, He, speaking of God, is immutable. He will not change. He is all-wise. He need not change. He is perfect. He cannot change. We are right now in the theme for our year, the I Am. We need to know Him. We need to join Him. And we're looking at truly understanding the character of our God. Folks, God wants to reveal himself to us. The very I am, Jehovah God, speaks of his personal covenant relationship with his people. The eternal God. And this God is unchanging. A.T. Pearson, who uh, had a tremendous ministry back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, really speaks of this in a wonderful way. He says, "...that which is most high is lifted above all else. The lower down we are, the more perishable everything is. The grass under your foot in the summer is one of the frailest things in nature. It grows and blooms today. It withers and decays tomorrow. You ascend a little higher and you'll find the trees that last not only for one season but many seasons." but then they're gone. But then you come to the great trees like the sequoia or the redwoods in the California forests. They've been standing there for at least a couple thousand years, but even these decay and fall eventually. You rise above the levels of the trees, you get to the hills, and uh, though they're worn away by rain and snow, they are and are shaken by storms and up, uh, by earthquakes. Uh, they can disappear even though they seem so solid. You mount still above the hills, and there are what is called the Bi- in the Bible the everlasting mountains that have stood ever since the world began. You soar above the mountains into the solar system, and you see the planets that are constantly moving in their places in the sky around the sun. But when you look far beyond the planets, you look to the stars, who to us are in fixed position and beyond that you go to the most high god who is unchanging. Wonderful way to look at it. And so today we want to focus on this important attribute of the very essence of God. We need to as Romans 5:11 says, joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, now, let me be a little academic. Let me give you again the definition of the attributes of God from Paul Ends. The attributes of God may be defined as those distinguishing characteristics of the divine nature, which are inseparable from the idea of God and which constitute the basis and ground for His various manifestations to His creatures. God's attributes are not to be are to be excuse me distinguished from His works. God's attributes do not add anything to God, they reveal His nature. And so we're talking about what the Bible reveals as the very essence of God. So first of all, let's just look at what we've already been saying. God does not change. He does not change in His being. Ryrie, the great theologian, said, "'Immutability means that God is unchangeable and thus unchanging.'" This does not mean that he is immobile or inactive, but it does mean that he is never inconsistent or growing or developing. Turn with me to the last book of Malachi. uh, I mean, out of of the New Testament, Malachi. And we're going to look just at one verse as a stepping stone into this subject of the immutability of God. Malachi chapter 3, there at the end of the Old Testament And verse 6. For I am the Lord. Now remember, the Lord there in all caps speaks of Jehovah. And the essence of that is the I am that I am. That uh, God revealed to Moses as how he was to uh, tell the Israelites uh, who he was. The eternal God that forever has been and will be the I am. Well, that's what the word Jehovah. So he says, for I am the Lord, Jehovah. I change not. Therefore, the sons of Jacob are not consumed. His very characteristics don't change. A little three-year-old boy named Devin said, Grandma, did you know that you and God Have something in common? Well, the grandma began to polish her uh, halo and tried to look as saintly as she possibly could, waiting for this wonderful compliment, you're both old. (laughs) Well, he might have been right with grandma, but he wasn't right with God. Now, he's been around a long time, eternal, eternal. And that's one of those truths (laughs) you can't wrap your mind around. He always has been, and he always will be, and he is unchanging. But our problem is, we impose upon God our thought process from our perspective as human beings. And so it is a great comfort, and it's a rock to our souls to know that he is unchanging. Walter Chambers Smith wrote in his wonderful hymn, Immortal and Visible, We blossom and flourish as leaves on the tree, and wither and perish, but not changeth thee. James 1.17, Every good and perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning." And was read earlier Psalm 102 verse 26 they shall perish but thou shalt endure yea all of them shall wax old like a garment speaking of the universe as a vesture shalt thou change them and they shall be changed but thou art the same and thy years shall have no end. Oh, my friends, we are in a changing world. Things that seem so important to us seem to be breaking up. We look at our country that we love and we're concerned, but my friend, our God has not changed. And God is able to do exactly what He said He would do, and we must have this firmly embedded in our biblical perspective of God. He does not change in regard to His attributes. His power, let me just give you a few here. His power, uh, Romans 4.20, He staggered not, speaking of Abraham, at the promise of God and being persuaded that when he had, what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Isaiah 46.10, Declaring the end from the beginning. Here we see his plans or purposes do not change. And from ancient times, the things that are not yet, saying, my counsel shall stand, I will do all my pleasure. Oh, one of the joy for believers is his promises do not change. First Kings 8, 56, Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto his People Israel, according to all that he had promised, there hath not w- failed one word of all of his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses his servant. I love 2 Corinthians 1.20. For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. His love and mercy does not change You may have had a background in which people were up and down in how they treated you. And maybe in your growing up years, it's very hard for you to understand that someone would truly love you in an unchanging way. But let me tell you, God uh, is exactly what the Bible says. His love is immutable. Psalm 103, 17, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear Him and His righteousness unto children's children. And we've already read there from Malachi, I am the Lord, I change not. His justice, Genesis 18, 25, Abraham states, That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked. That be far from thee shall not the judge of all the earth do right. My friends, there's nothing we can do to change God. God is immutable. Now, for us as believers, frankly, that's shouting ground. That is a wonderful, wonderful encouragement. You know, but the world doesn't necessarily like that. In fact, that's very irritating. In fact, I could go a step further. It causes people to hate God. You can't get your own way. You can't get away with what you want to do. Jonathan Edwards, the great preacher of the First Great Awakening, said in a sermon entitled Men Are Naturally God's Enemies, he states that human beings hate God as an infinitely holy, pure, and righteous being. His omnipotence is in holy omnipotence, and his omniscience is in holy omniscience. He states they do not like this, Edwards does, they don't like his immutability, He goes on to say why, because by this he never will be otherwise than he is an infinitely holy God. That's unacceptable to the mind of a man that will not submit to God. And the fact is, every person will stand before the holy God of the universe. My friend, you can get upset about it. You can get frustrated. You can deny it, but it doesn't change the fact that God is the unchanging God, and we will all stand before Him. There's a huge painting in the Supreme Court building of the country of Switzerland, and it was painted by an artist named Paul Robert, and the title of that painting is Justice Instructing the Judges. In the foreground are the litigants, a wife against a husband, an architect against the builder and the like, all of those kinds of problems. And above them stand the Swiss judges with their little white dickies on, and and uh, I mean, how are these people going to judge these various litigations? A whole sociological theory is opened up here. But the artist's answer is simply this. Justice, which is usually blindfolded in her sword vertical, uh, vertical, as is common, is unblindfolded in this painting, rightly so, with her sword pointing downward to a book on which is written the Word of God. <laughs> the Word of an immutable God. And uh, so mankind, whenever he comes into an understanding that God's Word is true and that God is unchanging and that we must respond to Him, we don't get Him to do what we want to do, but we're willing to submit to His will, that's when mankind comes into the place of blessing and to the solution for his life. Secondly, God responds to our change. Now this is one of the things that is always a little confusing to folks as we look at this subject. God's relationship with us is dependent upon His unchangeable attributes. And we, say, we see some things that are interesting in, in the, the Word of God about this. First Samuel 15, 29 And also the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. He will not change his mind as people will, because we are not unchanging. A.W. Tozer says, God never changes moods or cools off his affections or loses enthusiasm. His attitude towards sin is now the same as it was when he drove out the sinful man from the eastward garden, and his attitude toward the sinner, the same as when he stretched forth his hands and cried, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Well that's true but what do we do about the passages that speak about God repenting? That's always a little confusing. Well we start from the very clear teaching that God is immutable. And uh, we read in Jonah 3.10 and God saw their works that they turned from their evil way and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them and he did it not now you see God didn't change Nineveh changed God said he was going to destroy Nineveh but Nineveh of all places that Assyrian empire actually repented in sackcloth and ashes and came into agreement with God so God according to his unchangeable nature was able to show mercy so he changed his mind not his character he in fact stayed with his immutable character in his response to Nineveh. One real obvious one is Genesis 6:6, and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. Here we have the opposite. Mankind was created with the knowledge of God and was to follow him. But by the time you get to the time of the flood and and Noah, you have an awful state, very much similar to what we're seeing more and more worldwide today. And you find here that God changes his mind about the world because the world had changed toward God. God stayed the same. God had to respond to a world that was shaking its fist in his faith, Face. So if there actually, as Ryrie says, was a change in God himself, then either he is not immutable or not sovereign or both. And so it's very important. Let me give just an illustration of this. Um, When a man is bicycling against the wind, wind and turns about and goes with the wind instead of going against it, the wind seems to change although it is blowing just as it was before. You benefit from the wind when you turn around instead of have to really bicycle, cycle hard to go against it. The wind did not change. The bicyclist had changed his direction. By the way, repentance is changing our mind. And that's exactly what that means. And so we see here that God is very clearly the same. The issue is how we respond. Another thought here, God always does right in adapting the treatment of His creatures to the variations in their character and conduct. Uh, There was a camping trip and a leader with all of these young men that uh, he was working with. uh, 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 They were camping and everything, and then he had left something at home, so he had to run temporarily. And one of the older men, young men that was uh, known for his leadership, was put in charge and so the minute the uh, leader was out of the way, uh, he started ordering the guys around and making them serve him and making them miserable. And they said, you can't do that. That's not what you're supposed to do. That's not how he handled it. He said, listen, I'm the boss. I'm in charge. I can do anything I want to. And then all of a sudden, the man had forgotten his keys and had come back. Uh, no longer was that young man the leader of those boys. Another one was put in place. It was the boy that caused the leader to, st- he was consistent in what he was looking for for leadership. It was the boy that had changed his behavior. And so these are important things. Jeremiah eighteen eight. if that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil I thought to do unto them. Joel 2:13 And rend your heart and not your garments and turn unto the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful slow to anger and of great kindness and repenteth him of the evil. You know I've got great news for our area. If we'll get on page with God, the blessing of God can be back. Aren't you glad that God is so long suffering? so gracious it's because jesus christ hung on that cross and my friends god is not willing that any should perish you look throughout history and there have been times where there has seemed to be no hope whatsoever then god began to work the message of the truth has gone out people repented of their sins turned to jesus and all of a sudden the situation changed dramatically God didn't change toward mankind. Mankind changed toward God, and God was then able to bless and do exactly what he promised if people would turn to him by faith. And so it's something that we need to be very, very uh, aware of. Number three, God is changeless when it comes to his promises. Now, this is a key for our assurance. A lot of people really struggle with knowing for sure that they have eternal life knowing for sure that they're on their way to heaven. And yet, we have that tremendous verse, 2 Timothy 2, verse 13, if we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot uh, deny himself. Now, this is a tremendous thing because if we have put our faith alone in Christ, the Bible says he gives to us eternal life. We all know the verse, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him, trusteth in Him, dependeth upon Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And if a person truly puts their faith in Christ, they have eternal life. God said so. Folks, your salvation stands on the fact that you serve an immutable God. He does not change. And so he cannot deny himself, that's what 1 Timothy, uh, or 2 Timothy chapter 2 says. He will not deny the promise of your eternal salvation based upon your faith in Christ, even if you have moments of doubt and unbelief. He will not deny himself. There you just see, in practical terms, the fact that he is the unchanging God. And it's a tremendous blessing and all the other promises that we have uh, as believers. It's a key to our faith. You can live according to the Word. Listen, it doesn't matter what the philosophies of child-rearing are, what the philosophies of marriage are, what the philosophies out there of how we should live, and, and, and all the things that are in such turmoil today. We can count on the fact that every time we come into full accord with the Word of God, we can depend upon an unchangeable God to bless and work exactly like He promised. And that's where believers can just have the peace of God in the midst of all kinds of issues because they know that they are trusting in God's Word and God will keep His Word. Hebrews 4.11, let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left of us entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Don't miss God's promises. But you know, so many believers do. You've heard of that well-known illustration of Crowfoot, the great chief of the Blackfoot Nation in southern Alberta. He gave the Canadian Pacific Railroad the right to cross their land from Medicine Hat to Calgary. Calgary. And he was given in return a lifetime railroad pass. And that was a high honor. And so he put on a little leather pouch and wore it around uh, his um, neck and was uh, very proud of that. However, when they checked at the end of his life, he had never ridden the railroad. He could have gone all over the place. Could have seen uh, one end of Canada to, to the other. But he never acted on the promises of God. And you know, so many believers, we have from Genesis to Revelation glorious promises that affect every part of our life. The immutable God is ready, based upon what Christ did for us, uh, to work in a mighty way, and we can see the Lord work. The promise for power, the promise for victory, the promise for a harvest as we as believers want to see uh, people's lives um, reached, promise for joy in our lives. John 15, 11, these things have I spoken unto you that joy, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Now, let me just say, as believers, when we live in uncertainty, when anxiety gets a hold of us, when we get discouraged, when we feel overwhelmed, you can mark it down, though the pressures on you may be very real and certainly disturbing. The problem is you're looking at yourself and the circumstances instead of God, the immutable God, what His Word has said about those different areas, and you've looked at the instability of human ability instead of looking at the absolute certainty of divine ability. And honestly, we can have rest, we can have joy, We can have His peace, His joy, His love, despite the circumstances, if we remember God means what He says and He has the power to deliver. And He will do it. It's wonderful. It's a key for our comfort. Jeremiah 31, 3, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee an everlasting love. You think of loving parents, do their children always make them happy? (laughs) Uh, No, there's still a joy but there are some moments that really try you. But a loving parent always loves their child. And once that child gets a hold of that that is a great security. I'm telling you, God, our Father is far greater than the most loving parent. And once you know Him and you become a child of God because you've trusted Him He loves you, and He is patient and long-suffering. He will continue to work. He's not like maybe a parent you had. He will not turn His back on you. He loves you with an everlasting love. C.H. Spurgeon, I mentioned him earlier, and commenting on the peace of God that comes from knowing His love. He said, I looked at Christ, and the dove of peace flew into my heart. I looked at the dove of peace... And it flew away. (laughs) And that's what we try to hold on to experiences. We try to hold on to our circumstances. Folks, we go up and down. We're complex. There's all kinds of situations. But my friends, the unchangeable God loves you. And when you are meditating and you are in union with Him and you are walking with Him, abiding in Him, it is amazing the tremendous uh, way that God will work. Well, just finally... Uh, fourth here, God is able to make us consistent. This was mentioned earlier. The immutable God indwells us. That is absolutely mind-boggling. If you're a believer here today, the all-powerful creator, The one who has been from eternity to eternity, has always been and always will be, the all-powerful God who holds this universe in His control, the Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, came into your life and sealed you and indwelt you the moment you put your faith in Him. And so the immutable God is in you, which means that we can have unchanging victory if we look to Him. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And Galatians 2.20 says I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live. Yet not I but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I can live the life of Jesus Christ who is the same yesterday, today, and forever forever. Every moment I'm yielded to Him. Every moment He truly has control of my life. Folks, Christians can live consistent lives. We often think of the Christian life like this. Now our emotional life can go like that. Circumstances can go like this. But I'm telling you, when you are in fellowship with the Lord and you spend that time with Him every day and you are anchored in who He is and you allow Him to empower you, the immutable God will help and enable you to be consistent in your life. Galatians 5.16 means what it says, folks. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and say the rest of it with me, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Wow. You can get over that addiction. You can get over those emotional issues. You can get victory on how you treat your spouse. You can have some of those sins that are besetting, they can be smashed because God, the immutable, all powerful God, indwells you if you are a believer. So many people are like those sailors that were trapped in a submarine that got trapped at the bottom of the floor and they couldn't get it up in time. The oxygen was going out, and one of the divers that went way down there put his big helmet against the submarine and heard the Morse code. It just broke his heart. It says, Is there any hope? Can hardly think about that. But, my friends, oftentimes believers say, Is there any hope? The answer is yes. (laughs) It's as great as our immutable God. You have a complete salvation. You not only have eternal life, you can live your life abundantly. Christ has made that very clear. And we can have absolute confidence because He indwells us that we can live victoriously. One day a famous preacher was walking along the English countryside with a friend and they strolled along and he noticed that uh, a barn had a weather vane on its roof and at the top of the vane were the words, God is love. And he remarked to his companion, he thought this was really inappropriate for such a message. Weather vanes are changeable, but God's love is constant. Oh, I don't agree with you about those words, replied his friend. You misunderstand the meaning. That sign is indicating a truth. Regardless of which way the wind blows, God is love. <laughs> it doesn't matter the winds of the world, which way they're blowing, God is unchanging. Friends, we need to believe that. It will change your life. You get on board with the immutable God. Let's bow for prayer.